So you got your, uh, your app open, your notes ready to go. That's all good. Oh, look at that, wonderful. Notebooks are great too. <clears throat> so we are in the midst of 40 days of breakthrough. Amen, hallelujah, who's been getting, staying in touch, tracking with what's happening. Uh, each day you can obviously through Facebook, Instagram and email and the app uh, get updates uh, sent to you. So uh, just it's all about the seven mountains of influence, uh, which is religion, education, family, business, government, media, and arts and entertainment, okay? So they're these seven kind of mountains of cultural influence that shape and impact the world that we live in. And so for us as Christians, for us as kingdom-minded people, God's kingdom is to infiltrate and ultimately consume all of those mountains so that all of the earth would look like heaven. That's the job, that's our existence, that's the purpose that we have been left on earth by God, not taken up to heaven to be with Him, but He has come to be with us by His Holy Spirit, and we are here in this moment in history to bring the reality of the kingdom of God to the world around us. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. So our desire is to see breakthrough in these kingdom spheres, but it's going to take more than our prayers. Prayer is really important. I like to think of prayer being like the air warfare, the, the kind of airstrike in a, in a military context, but you still need troops on the ground. So our prayers are, are going to shift atmospheres. We're going to see territorial spirits uh, torn down and displaced. We're going to see lots of great stuff happen, but if we're not boots on the ground actually doing what God has called us to do, we're not going to see the fullness of that fulfillment take place. When Jesus speaks of the leaven of the kingdom, he's speaking of us, that we are the leaven that is, that is sent out, that is kneaded into the dough of culture, that ultimately the more that we immerse ourselves in each cultural sphere, the more we'll see the culture of heaven spread if we are actually living as leaven. You can live as a seed and you'll be a piece in, in the bread, but you won't impact the whole bread, if you understand that. So we can be in, you are all in cultural spheres. You are all probably in, in one or more of those mountain spheres. But the question is, are you having the impact that God designed you and created you to have in that place? So we are the ones that God has called to impact these mountains. If we don't act... God's kingdom won't come in the way that he desires. Are we aware of that? That it's actually upon us. It's our responsibility. God has delegated not just responsibility, authority, sorry, but also responsibility upon our lives. The church is God's chosen vehicle to establish his kingdom on the earth. We are the boots on the ground to see the kingdom of God come. Now, again, I think probably in more recent history, the church has seen itself as ones to come in almost like a rescue squad and then extract people out of these places. 
trying to draw people out of the mountain. Oh, come out of that mountain, come out of this mountain, and come and be part of the, the Christian mountain, trying to build our own mountain. God never called us to build our own mountain. He called us to go and impact every other mountain. It's not about making people less worldly. It's about us being sent into the mountain to make the mountain more heavenly. Your job is not to make people less worldly. Your job is to make people more heavenly. And there's, a, there's just a, a nuanced shift. It's not about extraction. It's about immersion. It's not about drawing people away. It's actually about sending people out. That is the apostolic call that Jesus put upon his church. Not that we would draw everything out and say, oh, come and just be part of the church. And that's kind of in what has happened in the last few generations. And we've created our own kind of Christian forms of things. We've got Christian sport and Christian music and Christian this and Christian that. Now, again, I, I know that sometimes that can be helpful and beneficial. But if it's all about extracting people away, then culture carries on on its own. And the reason we've seen the culture of the world become less godly is because the people of God have, been, have not been living on mission for God. Seeing their responsibility and going and being active in that place. So Ephesians 4.11, well-known verse, talks about the fivefold ministry. So the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And it says that Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for works of ministry. So the role of the fivefold ministry, so particular people that Jesus gifts in his church, their role is to equip the saints for works of ministry. So the question is, who are the saints? Is it dead people that get venerated and, and on little kind of things that you hang around your neck? I know in some Christian traditions it is. No, we are the saints of God. All of us are the saints of God, okay? What is, what is ministry then? Or works of ministry? It's serving Jesus, it's making disciples, it's extending God's kingdom. That's the Great Commission and the Lord's Prayer put together. That's, our, that's the ministry that we've been called to do. So we are the saints and we have works of ministry that God has prepared for us. And the role of the leadership in the church is to equip us to go and do those things. We all have a ministry. You have a ministry. Do you have a ministry? Who has a ministry? We have a ministry. Amen. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in beforehand that, that we should walk in them. I love that the Apostle Paul felt it necessary to say that we should walk in them. Otherwise, what we would receive is, oh, I've been created for good works. Wonderful. That you should walk in them. Oh, I've actually have to go and do something. Ah, oh, I didn't read the fine print. I, I stopped halfway through verse 10. So the question then remains, what is your ministry? What are the good works that God has called you to do? And can you answer that question quickly and clearly? Who feels like they can answer that question quickly and clearly? All right. If you look around the room to see the lack of hands... Does anyone consider that it might be an issue for us? And I have no doubt 
that if we would ask the question, if the whole of the church, the kingdom of God was gathered before us, it might be a similar response. So it says you've been created for good works, that you should walk in them, that God has gifted particular people in the church to equip you to go and do those works, and yet we don't even know what the works are and what the ministry is. So I would say that's something really, really important that we might want to focus on. Me want to? What's your matter, baby? Shakalaka. Can't say that was the Holy Spirit tongues, but uh, it was something. It was a tongue twister. In this context, it's my job to equip you. It's your job to do the work of ministry. With the gifts that God graces you in the sphere or spheres that he has placed you. I think, again, sometimes by our language, we'll call the person who's leading the church, oh, they're the minister. Language is really, really important because it shapes our understanding of things, our paradigm of things. But the issue is, I'm not the minister, you're the minister. I have a ministry. Part of my ministry is to equip the saints for works of ministry, and then the rest of it is actually to go and do works of ministry. So I have the same expectation is upon me that is upon you that I would be out there in the world impacting the culture around me, making disciples, seeing people come to faith in Jesus, shifting culture, being in places where, where heaven isn't a reality and seeing heaven become a reality in that place. So we don't have ministers and receivers in the church. Scripturally, culturally, I think we, we can fall into that trap. Now, again, there may be times where we just need to be in a position of receiving. And I think we're always receiving from God. We're called to live for God, but we also are blessed by Him. So we receive and we give. But even where we are praying for breakthrough, we're expecting breakthrough, part of that should be, I want breakthrough so I can give breakthrough. We love prayer ministry here. And again, prayer ministry is just a facilitated encounter with Jesus. But oftentimes we can go after those things because we have a personal need. It's like, I need breakthrough in my life. And so I, I go after it in prayer ministry. But the point of my breakthrough is that it would be other people's breakthrough. The point of my freedom is that I might bring other people into freedom. It's not a selfish ambition and desire. I receive the benefit because I get to walk in freedom. But there's always an unto reality. There's always more than that. I got free from addiction. Wonderful, I'm free from addiction. Now I get to go and help other people to be free from addiction. Which again for us is why we're so in intent on teaching people, teaching you how to do it. We don't just do our prayer ministries, this thing, it's over there, just go and get a session. It's like, no, come and learn. Do some Elijah House training. Do Journey to the Heart so you have an understanding so that you can go and help others. That you can be a minister for God. So every breakthrough I get is a breakthrough for other people. I can put all of the tools in your hands, but I can't work for you. And I'm not just talking about me. We've got a leadership team here. Anytime someone comes up to share with you, they're not just sharing good, nice ideas. The point is that you might be equipped to go and do good works. And again, this is some of the shift that needs to happen, I think, in the body of Christ, where we come out of this understanding or this way of thinking that it's the, the, the leaders in the church that do the work, and, and, and it's the people who kind of just spectate the work that's being done. It's the opposite. It needs to become the opposite. 
where I'm not saying, hey, letting you know this is the ministry I'm doing. No, I'm here to say, what is the ministry and the calling upon your life? How can I help you to fulfill that calling? How can I help you to bring the kingdom of God into that sphere? How can I help you to be trained to be a disciple maker? But we can have all of the resources, which we do. We put out resources. We we train people. We equip people. But it has to be you doing the work and me doing the work. And if we're not all doing the work that God has called us to, then the work doesn't get done. People don't meet Jesus. People don't get discipled and come into maturity. People don't get healed set free, delivered from demons. Culture doesn't change. So culture continues to be more and more ungodly. I'm not in your neighborhood. I'm not in your workforce. I don't have your relationships. So I can't do it for you. I'm I'm saying all of these things just to set up that relational shift. I'm not saying you're asking me to do it. But sometimes we can fall into that pattern of just learning so many things and applying so little of those things. Neil Cole, who's an an author, but he's, I don't know, I've used this quote before, but he says, the modern church is educated beyond its obedience. We know so much, and yet sometimes we can do so little with what we know. And sometimes we can think, I don't, know if I'm, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I know enough. It's, if you know more than the person that's following you, that's all that you need to know. <laughs> you don't need to be able to preach like someone who stands up here and delivers that, that information. My job is not to train you how to preach like me. My job is to pass on information that you can take on board, apply to your life, and go out and just be you in all of those places. You don't need to be an extrovert if you're an introvert. You don't need to be an introvert if you're an extrovert. You don't need to change all of these things. Just go out and say, Jesus, what do you have for me today? Holy Spirit, where are you leading me? And just do those things. If that became the pattern of your life, I guarantee things will shift for you. If you just simply said, if you woke up in the morning, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me today? I know what I have to do. I've got this responsibility. I'm going to this job. I've got to take care of these things. And as I go, what do you have for me to do, Holy Spirit? Because he has works prepared in advance for you. To look at your job and to say, Lord, how, how does my ministry impact the work that I'm doing? We're not all going to be called into, into pastoral ministry. Pray that you don't get called into pastoral ministry. But we're not. Like it's the few that will be in this position, but it's the many who are out there with a ministry being ministers of the gospel out into the world. That's all of us. We get to do that job. But if we don't utilize the equipping that we receive, then we squander what God has put in our hands and we don't fulfill God's calling upon our lives. If we wake up tomorrow and go about our normal everyday life without that intentionality to say, I want to fulfill what you have for me today, Jesus. I want to look back at the end of this week and go, I did everything that you called me to do this week, Jesus. I want to get to the end of my life and say, I did everything that you called me to do and equipped me for in my life, Jesus. That's the well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear at the end of our lives. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful to me. You did what I commanded. You obeyed what I, what I told you to do. Did you do it as well as the person next to you? Maybe not. That's not the point. 
I think God would rather you do it poorly than you not do it at all. If you look at all of the people in the Bible, God chose some pretty interesting individuals. None of them were perfect. All of them had lack. And God used them to accomplish mighty things. It's quiet in the room. I think it's really important as well that we distinguish between serving God's family and serving him in your ministry that he has put upon your life. Again, oftentimes that's what I remember when the whole Rick Warren, 40, uh, the purpose-driven life stuff came through. Not 40 days of purpose. Maybe there was. Um, but it was all, that was languages. Oh, your ministry is what you do in the church and your mission is what you do outside of the church. I didn't see a, a, a hefty scriptural basis for that. I think your ministry is what you do while you're on mission for God. Now, when we gather together, hey, there's things to be done. There's, there's sound and, and lights and music and coffee and all of these things, and they're just good. But that's just what you do as you serve your family. S- serving coffee on a Sunday is an act of service. It's loving your Christian family. It doesn't make it your ministry. Oh, yes, I'm in the barista ministry. You might be a barista in a coffee shop, but again, that's still not your ministry. That's your job. As in your job, then you get to go and be on mission, serving God in the ministry that he has called you to in that place. You could be an artist that's working as a barista that's then finding ways that your art could, could flow out. Latte art, there you go. You know, <laughs> prophetic latte art, who knows? No. But you know what I mean? Like this, to understand, you might have a job that looks nothing like a Christian ministry, and yet you are a minister of God with a ministry in that place to see breakthrough, healing, transformation, the culture of heaven come in and infiltrate in that place. If your mountain sphere is media and your fivefold gift maybe is prophetic, then it's a matter of finding out how does my prophetic gift shift the media mountain. Now, again, you might also then use those gifts in media to bless your family and you utilize them in this context. That's great, but it's, it's nothing really. Like it's not, it's not what God has for you. It's not the fullness of, of the plan of God for your life. I'm an electrician, I'm a qualified electrician. No, I don't have a contractor sticker, so I can't install anything at your house. Um, we've, got, we've got electricians here. Oh, he's got his head down so people can't look at him. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm qualified as an electrician. If I was to go and work as an electrician, that would, that would bless my family by bringing in finances, but I would also apply that in our household context. If you've ever been to our house, you'll know we have many chandeliers. <laughs> They're cheap, vintage ones off Marketplace. Literally, we've got an outdoor patio that has three chandeliers hanging on it. It's, it's my wife's love of day. That's her vibe. I'm not against it, but it's like, but I get to utilize that gift in the context of my family, but I don't then go, oh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's my, or if I wasn't then going out and working a job, that actually, that's the, that would be the fullness of that equipping, if that makes sense. So there's almost 100% chance that you will be gifted in at least one of the fivefold ministry gifts, and you will already be involved in a mountain sphere. So there'll be some sort of apostolic or prophetic or evangelistic or shepherding or teaching kind of gift set. There'll be a mix of all of them, because Christ is all and Christ is in you and you're called to be like Christ. And you will be in one of those mountain spheres. 
already. You might be in multiple. You probably are. So the question is, what does it look like for me to exercise the gifts upon my life in the mountain sphere or spheres that God has placed me? What does it then look like? Okay, I have, a, I have this prophetic gift. I can, just, I can hear really clearly from God. God gives me assignment. Well, well how does that prophetic gift shape the, the education mountain sphere that I'm in? It's not to go, oh, well, I can just do prophetic ministry on a Sunday and I can share with people and share prophetic words. It's great. But it's, it's a robbery if that's not being utilized out in the world in those different spheres. So how do I prophesy to my boss? How do I ask the Lord for, for strategies as to how, how this business could be more prosperous through me, through an idea or a concept? You don't have to then walk up to your boss, thus saith the Lord, here's the word. But to say, hey... I was just thinking the other day about, about this idea or this concept. Or I was just thinking about how I could, maybe you, you've got a shepherding gift in your workplace. How do you exercise that? Well, you, you draw people together. You create a place of nurture. You start to shift the culture that it starts to look like heaven. You've got, you're, you're in, uh, in, the, in the family kind of sphere. You might say, I, I just love ministering in this family context. God has given me insight. I'm going to write a book that could maybe help families to connect together more and, and get that published in some way. Like we need to start activating our dreams in these places because it's to me, I would hate to sit in a job for 40 hours a week with no intentionality of, of God, seeing God's kingdom come into that place. What a waste of time. What a waste of, you, you'll get a paycheck at the end of the day, but how much more could you be putting in to see that place transformed for the glory of God? That's a good use of time. You are paid, if you have a job, you are paid to be a minister for Jesus. You're paid. Someone's paying you to be a missionary in that place. They just might not know it. Because <laughs> it's your identity. It's who you are. It's who you're called to be. So you put me anywhere, that's who I'm going to be. I've got a, I've got a gift of teaching on my life. You put me somewhere, people are going to learn. People are going to be brought into understanding. Revelation's going to flow in that place. So that's, if we understand who we are and what we've been called to do, then we'll find ourselves in every and any situation going, I can exercise my gifts here. It doesn't have to look like Christianese, over the top, thus saith the Lord kind of stuff. It's okay for it to be subversive. In fact, I think it's meant to be. That's why it's called leaven. That's why it's the leaven of heaven, the leaven of the kingdom. Jesus will be glorified. Okay, it's not your job to make sure that everything that you do, oh, that was Jesus, or oh, just letting you know it's Jesus, he'll take care of that. Jesus healed thousands upon thousands of people, set them free from demons, and nobody knew who he was. Multitude of people were just going, this dude's healing people. Get along to that. And they, they receive it and they walk away. Jesus even told people, don't, don't tell people who I am. If they had a revelation, now there is a time for that revelation. We want people to come to a saving knowledge in Christ. But we don't need to fret about giving him credit for every little thing that he does. He will get glory as you live your life in obedience to him. As the culture of heaven comes, that's when the glory of God is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Amen? Yeah. All right. So it's asking these questions. What, what area am I passionate about? What could it look like to see the kingdom of God come to that place? I'm a teacher at a school. What does it look like for the kingdom of God to come into that space? How could I gather others around me to help 
to support me in impacting these spheres. We have DNA groups, okay? And part of that, we have our little BEATS framework. The tools are there if you want them. If you need to know more, just ask us. We'll equip you. There's a whole website page that helps you to understand BEATS. You want to get missionally activated? We've got BEATS. You want to get discipled? We've got DNA groups. Like, we're trying to put all this stuff out, but if you don't utilize it, it'll go to waste. That's okay, because I've been responsible. I'll get up every week and I'll teach you. You can, you can disagree, you could not do it. It actually doesn't impact me at the end of the day. It matters to me, because I want to see the bride of Christ activated. I want to see you fulfilling the calling of God upon your life. That matters to me. It really does. That's why I'm here. That's why we keep continuing on. If the point of us being here is just to sing some songs and I'll get up because I, I love to, to teach. I don't love to teach. I love to see people activated in the ministry and calling upon their life. That's what, that's what matters to me. I love to see the bride of Christ come into its most beautiful and expressive form. That's what I'm sold out to do. Am I being too harsh or too... No? No? So we have to be asking the question of God, like, God, what do you have for me? We need to awaken those dreams. Get a bigger picture, a bigger perspective. If the dream that you have for the place that you work or the place that you live is achievable, it's probably not a big enough dream. <laughs> it should look like, wow, that's a, that's a crazy big dream. Let's work together to see that happen, Jesus. And then you need to be activated in that place. What's the next step for me to do, Lord? I've got this, you've just downloaded this massive vision and picture for, for my neighborhood, of how my, my neighborhood, the houses and families and people around me could become more like heaven. That my street could look like heaven. I feel you've called me to this place, you've given me a vision. Then what's the next step? Hey, why don't you go around and meet the people? Maybe it's prayer walking around. It's doing something to get you activated in that space. Because if we just go back to the same old patterns, then this thing kind of trickles to the back and we get through another week and we've done our job, we've done our responsibilities and yet heaven hasn't come. Don't wait for someone to start a ministry that you can jump on board with. <laughs> Again, that's been the pattern of the church. It's like, okay, well, once we, you know, someone will start a ministry and I'll get involved in that ministry. Maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe the ministry that God has called you to doesn't exist today. So you say, well, I don't know where to start. Ask someone. Ask me. Ask one of our leadership team. Ask someone that you know that's already in a similar sphere. Just do something to get yourself activated. Amen? All right, we're going to wrap up. I just want to quickly share, and then I'm going to pray for you if you so desire. The other part of breakthrough is to understand that it's the Spirit of God who brings breakthrough. Uh, in Micah chapter 2, verse 13, it speaks of uh, the breaker, God being the breaker. It says in, in the ESV, he who opens the breach goes up before them. They break through and pass the gate. They go out by it. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. In the Hebrew, that phrase, he who opens the breach is the breaker. So it speaks of God being the breaker. It's like an identity of God. And you may have heard that phrase, the breaker anointing. Okay, so an anointing is just when God comes upon someone, when Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim 
all of these wonderful and amazing things. So it's when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God comes upon you in order to achieve a particular purpose. What we're wanting to see in this 40 days is breakthrough. And I believe we need to be asking God for an increase in the breaker anointing upon our lives, that when we pray, things move, that when we act, things get shifted. Amen? Amen. If we really want to see breakthrough, we need the anointing of God to see that breakthrough. We need to be expecting, it's not, oh, I've got a strategy, I'll go off and do it. It's me and Holy Spirit. I love the word that, uh, that Andrew shared before. It's, it's us being yoked with God to go and fulfill the purposes and plans. It's God's dreams, it's God's vision, it's God's idea. God is at work in your business. God is at work in your friendship group. God is at work all over the earth. And what he's wanting is people to partner with him to come under that yoke and to do that work with him. And the yoke is easy and the burden is light because the power of the Holy Spirit who was in Christ is in you. So that's the power that brings you into equal status with God in terms of that outworking of what he has for you. Amen? Amen. We will be held to account for the lives that we live. But do we want to be held to account by comfort? Do we want to be held to account by culture? Or do we want to be held to account by God because we lived in alignment with His will and rightly stewarded the gifts and calling upon our lives? Again, this is not like a pressure, you must do something. I'm trying to invigorate you to say, this is how wonderful and life-giving and fulfilling your life could be if you take seriously the words that God has called you too, the life that he has called you to live. Amen? All right. We are two minutes to pray. Amen? That's enough. I can do it quickly. I want to pray, get you activated. We're going to uh, worship as we do that. Have I spoken fast enough for you? Good. You can play back the video and the audio at half speed and you'll catch what I said. So, Hey, why don't you stand? You can come forward if you want hands, hands laid on you, if you want to receive that breaker anointing, if you want to receive an activation in your dream life to, to be awakened, uh, why don't you come forward? If not, we can also just pray for you where you are, but there is a, there's just a theological reality of when we lay hands on people, the Spirit of God moves, the Spirit of God fills. Um, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are awakening your bride. That you are stirring up your bride to, to step into the fullness of who she is, Lord. That you're calling your bride to take your word seriously. And in particular, the word that says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So when you call us to go and, and fulfill these works of ministry, that's a command that's been put upon our lives. When you say, go and make disciples, you're commanding us to go and do these things. And Jesus, we do love you. We do love you, Lord. And we want to grow in our love for you. We want to grow in our love for others. But we also want to walk in obedience to the calling that you've put on our lives. But we know, Holy Spirit, we need you. We need your power. We need your strength. We need your insight. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to activate our dream life, Lord. Whether it's dreams and visions in the daytime, whether it's dreams and visions in the nighttime as we're asleep, Lord. But you would stir up within us a passion for the places that you've sent us already into, Lord. 
We don't have to do anything differently. We just have to do everything differently. (laughs) We don't have to do new things, Lord. You've already sent us into those places. But you want us to see the potential that exists for your kingdom to come into that place. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will activate dreams, visions, understanding, insights, strategies, Lord. For the, for the mountains that we are existing in already. And we pray, Holy Spirit, for those that download of strategies, the, the what's next, Lord? What's step one, Jesus? And that we'd set apart time to pray, would set apart time to ask and inquire of you. And then, Lord, as we walk in obedience to the calling upon our lives, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would release that breaker anointing upon your people. We thank you, Lord, for that breaker anointing, that breakthrough, that we would walk in it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That we would not rely upon our own strength, Lord. that would not even rely upon our own natural gifts, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for breakthrough, Lord. We thank you for breakthrough this week, Lord. In our lives, we thank you for that activation of dreams, Lord. I pray that you would just stir up that excitement within us, Jesus, for what you have in store in this next week, Lord, in this next season for us, God. The areas, those stuck places will become places of breakthrough, Lord, and would find authority in those things, Lord. Even where we've had breakthrough in the past, it will understand we now have an authority that you're wanting us to go and see breakthrough in other areas. I thank you for activation of dreams, visions, understanding, strategy, and insight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen.